Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Wednesday, everyone. Over the last number of days, we have been looking at our future and how what we do on this earth will determine our future, not only in this life, but in the life to come, that we have an eternal future. Every last person that is alive on this earth will live forever somewhere. And what we do on this earth will determine our eternal destiny. Now, we have seen that there are two factors that will determine our future. The first is our belief, faith as it is called in the scripture. Your belief will determine where you spend eternity. But we also have works, and our works or our behavior will determine how we spend eternity. It is very important to keep these two things clear. Our salvation is not by works. It is by grace through faith. And as it says in Ephesians 2.8, that's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. But our works are important in that it shapes how we're going to spend eternity. Now the verses that we used yesterday are very, very important. Because 1 Timothy 6.18 and 19 says, Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. We're talking about eternity here. And that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, eternal life is a gift of God that we're going to spend eternity in heaven with him. But how do we lay hold of it? How do we actually take our part of it? Well, John 14 verses 2 to 3 says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This scripture is telling us that Jesus is preparing a place for us. Our place in eternity. Spoken of here as mansions. But I don't believe necessarily that it is a physical place in heaven. We're talking about spiritual realities here. But it's likened to physical things that we can get a hold of it. And so this scripture says Jesus is preparing a place for us. Now how is he determining that place? Well, 1 Timothy 6 says that our good works is storing up for ourselves a good foundation for the time to come. What I am proposing to you that the scripture teaches, the dimensions of our eternal habitation is determined by our good works here on earth. Not that we're in heaven. That is by the work that Christ has done on Calvary and he alone. There is no one that is going to be worthy or merit entrance to heaven on anything that we have done. But once we have trusted in Christ, then our good works have an importance in that it is laying up a good foundation for the time to come. And I believe the place we will have in eternity, the responsibility that we will have there, 
the authority and the extent of our reigning, as it says we're going to reign with Christ, the extent of that reign and authority is determined by what we are doing here on earth. Now, folks, this is so vitally important that we lay hold of this and understand it. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. This verse first tells us that we need to have faith, faith in Christ and what he has done and what he has accomplished. And you must believe in him. But then let's go on and read the rest of the verse. It says, And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not only must we believe that he is, but we must believe that he is a rewarder. That as we work and minister and live our lives as unto God, he is going to reward us for that. And we need that motivation. There's something about human nature that we work best for a reward. It's just how God made us. It is God's nature to bless us, to reward us. And it is in our nature to work for that reward. Now, again, I have to qualify this to say we're not doing this out of a sense of pride or that we think we're worthy of this. Luke 17 says that as servants, we are unprofitable servants. We have done only what is our duty to do. It is not anything that we can claim for ourselves and lift ourselves up to be better than someone else. But it is just God's nature to reward us. We need to look for this reward. It is not carnal to consider the things that God has put before us and said, if you will do this, I will reward you. It is very spiritual to believe that, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and do his work. Now, in the scripture, who looked for reward? Who does God tell us in the scripture looked for a reward? Well, one of the people that the scripture says looked for a reward is Moses. In Hebrews 11, in verse 24, we read, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. What on earth would cause Moses to leave all the perks and the position that he had as a prince in Egypt, being in the palace, being considered the Pharaoh's daughter's son? The scripture said he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction, not only to lay aside the benefits of being a prince, but now to embrace the affliction of the slaves that were there in Egypt and to identify with them rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin that was at his hand and at his disposal. He esteemed the reproach of identifying with the people of God greater than the natural treasures in Egypt because he looked for the reward. Now, if this is true of Moses, how much more is it true of us? That we should not just consider ourselves as just sons and daughters of the earth and thinking that we are just here by evolution and that there is no God above and there's no judgment and there's nothing to live for. I might as well just eat, drink, and be merry because we're all going to die soon and so make the best of this life. That's what the best of this world's philosophy can tell us. How bankrupt it is. But we see something 
we embrace the promises of God. Just as Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, so we need to identify with our birthright and say we are sons and daughters of God and that we choose to lay down our life and to take up the cross that Christ has before us and that we should live our life for others for their benefit, serving others and loving others and putting other people first. This is what we're called for. And to push away all those tempting pleasures of sin that would so easily beset us and put us off track. We need to, like Moses, see things as they really are and look for the reward. There is something laid up for us in heaven and there is a great recompense that's going to come to us as children of God if we will live our life now looking for the reward. Moses looked for it, and so should we. Now, Jesus also, the scripture tells us, looked forward to the future in order to endure the suffering that he had on earth. Let me read from Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Who is this great cloud of witnesses? Well, I believe it's those that's gone on before. I believe Moses is looking down. He's watching us. He ran his race, and now he's encouraging us. Now, let's see the next verse. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If there was ever a person who took up their cross and carried it their entire life, it was Jesus. He didn't just carry it the last day of his life. He laid down his life his entire time on this earth. He lived for others. He put others first. The scripture said that even Christ did not please himself. He lived his life to please the Father and to fulfill the mission that God had given him. And how did he do it? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He looked for the reward. He saw the end. He looked to eternity. And as a result, he was able to carry out his mission on earth. We as well need to have this same drive within us and look to Jesus for our example. So Moses looked for the reward and Jesus looked for a reward, but Esau didn't. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Esau had a birthright. He was the one that was going to be in line. If he had laid hold of his birthright, we would have been talking about the children of Esau today. The nation in the Middle East would not be called Israel. It would be called Esau. He had the birthright. He was in line. It was his, but he didn't look to the future. He didn't look for the blessing. And when he sought it after, it was too late. But what did he do? He sold it for a bowl of pottage. His natural earthly hunger 
overrode everything that he could see for the future. All he thought about, I'm going to die, I don't think he would have died, but he was hungry and he wanted this stew. And so he was willing to sell his birthright just to satisfy a natural hunger. We look at Esau and say, how foolish he was to do that. And we think, man, I would never do that. But wait a minute. Are we doing it even now? Are we living our lives just for this earth, just for this time, for what we can gain in this life and not look for the eternal reward? Is it possible that we, like Esau, are selling our eternal birthright in heaven because we have been so caught up in natural lusts and hungers and that which would satisfy the flesh on this earth? Oh, still being Christian, still believing in God, but sacrificing the dimensions of our eternal habitation. I tell you, this is an important study, and it should encourage us more and more to be all that God wants us to be. Well, our time has gone so quickly today, but we'll continue this tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.